I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Don't tell the other podcasts. I should go. I want to introduce you to my new best friend. Spoiler alert. The podcast is different now because I have recruited a new host. Wait, am I being replaced? Wait, time out. Because you were all like, oh, are you going to replace me once we're doing what I call it? Talking yeah, like that's a team right. Zio? Oh, God. So <laughs> I never specified who was getting replaced because I said it wouldn't be you. And I said it was probably me. So you know what? Callback? <laughs> I I called it. So you know what? All right. Who is my who is my replacement? Uh, you're being replaced by Murph. Oh God. <laughs> uh, in case you didn't know, because it it did just happen today. So happy birthday, Murph. You're my new favorite thing on this entire planet. I love you. The Nerf company, you know, they make the 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 toy guns with the darts and stuff. Nerf introduces Murph, the brand's first mascot. The character, which uses they-them pronouns, is made entirely out of darts. <laughs> no eyes. Just a vaguely humanoid silhouette made of foam darts. And there's animations of them dancing, wearing a gold chain. And no. there's a... There's a photo of them nope. in a jersey in Vans. No. And I love them. Oh, no. <laughs> this is abundant nightmare fuel. Also, good luck playing Nerf guns with someone who has unlimited ammo. Can we talk about how terrifying an idea that is? Uh, GameSpot's headline for their article is Nerf unveils new mascot guaranteed to haunt your dreams or clean your floors. <laughs> I guess they think it looks like a wonder mop, which kind of. No, but when you zoom in, no, this is legit nightmarish. They kind of look like a cush ball. Honestly, very cush ball adjacent. But cush balls were cute. They were tiny. They were adorable. They were like the little tribbles from like Star Trek. Yeah, but this is no, this is this is not that. And I, I fully acknowledge that this is like a six foot tall humanoid cush ball with a jersey and vans. And I don't care. I <laughs> hashtag R.A.P. Gritty, but at least Gritty had eyes, though deranged. Oh, my God. There was a no. certain charm. Like, imagine Terminator 2, but this standing in for the T-1000. <laughs> You will never sleep again. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, I also fully acknowledge that, like, this is not supposed to fill me, an almost 35-year-old woman with no children, with joy. Like, I, I acknowledge that I am not the target demographic for Murph, but I don't care. <laughs> what target demographic? Like, fear knows saying, no was... age Terror knows no gender. No, I did it. Like, it is, and I understand now. Like, this oh is get the fuck away from me. I love Murph. I love Murph. Well, all right. For you, the viewer at home, uh, look at your mirror tonight after this podcast and just say Murph over and over again in front of the mirror. Let us know what happens. In the meantime, we're going to listen to the theme song and um, I'm going to go pray. <laughs> Murph! <laughs> I was walking with the ghost.
gonna spend the whole podcast just watching this this gif of them dancing with little guns it's so funny i'm just filled with joy anyway (laughs) hi everyone uh you're listening to talking like a teen the podcast where we have a tendency to rush back into our past i am murph I am the reanimated corpse of Gritty who has been summoned by not Adrian uh, to battle this new eldritch horror. (laughs) Okay, now that is a show that I can get behind. Let them fight. (laughs) Let them fight. (laughs) How you doing, friend? Oh, man. Um, Now that you have accepted the love of Murph into your heart. (laughs) I feel lighter i feel a sense of joy and what murph wants me to play i think that's what the 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 whole thing is it's like go (laughs) (laughs) murph is love i i think i'm not sure uh they wanted to introduce a mascot that represents this ageless unbridled fun that lives in all of us and creates a physical embodiment of that feeling you get when you play with nerf is that what nerf does yeah uh, Nerf recognizes that while screens are great, there remains a need for kids and their parents to get out, get active, and make memories. I mean, all well and good, but again, is that what Nerf is supposed to do? Uh, go play outside with Nerf guns. Okay, imagine you're a, a small child, right? And your yes. mom's like, hey, you know, you've been spending too much time on TikTok and MySpace. I don't know. Um, you should go outside and play. And Rude. it's like, oh, well, there's a new friend that's going to help you do that. And you're like, oh, cool. Is it Batman? And your mom's like, yes, it is Batman. And you go outside and you see Murph. What the fuck do you think you're going to do? <laughs> well, first of all, my mom just lied to me and we are not skating past all that. So if I run outside with the promise of Batman and I see Murph, huge upgrade. Go hug Murph immediately. Love Murph. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I gotta go with uh, I think I gotta go with the Dark Knight on this one. <laughs> I do want to see Batman and Murph fight, though. I mean, Batman's like I fought Clayface. This is nothing different. <laughs> I just want to see Murph in like a Tekken style fighting game immediately. They're making a new Street Fighter game. Put him in that. Hell yeah! Which looks great, by the way. Yeah, it looks. At some point, you and I will probably get into it. Um, we've come off of a couple of weeks of some amazing like video game announcements and stuff. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't. We're gonna have to pause recording for a chunk of time in July, in which I will be busy being a cat with a backpack. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I probably will too. But we should probably just make a pact here now. Like we'll just like front load with a bunch of recordings beforehand but watch july yeah. watch everything happen and like we don't get to the mic so we're just gonna have <laughs> to like not be a cat with a backpack for a while i will be sad real quick though i do want to half jokingly apologize to what audience we have left um <laughs> as we often joke the thing we always talk about um we never do and i also waylaid um <laughs> like almost a month of more power ranger content which was hyper-specific. So um, you, in a a very loving and patient way, pretty much clap back with uh, what we're going to be talking about today. I got to pick the episode. Subject, I win. (laughs) (laughs) Which, technically, you do pick most of the episodes. It's it's true, actually. Except for the Power Ranger ones. Those are mine. (laughs) 
If it's an action movie of sorts, you can probably guess that it's Adrian. If it's something other than that, it's probably something unhinged that I chose. Well, not counting Fast 4, though. That one was, that's like a redo, so I don't know if that really counts under mine. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Unbury myself here. We don't have to fight about it. Um, So, I found a list online, but instead of being mad at the list, we're going to celebrate this list. When I get too stressed out, I go back to like old YouTube shit that I used to like. Like, I don't really watch a lot of TV. I I do watch a lot of YouTube. I was watching old episodes of Todd in the Shadows who started making videos in like 2014 or something like that. He's been making, he's been making videos forever. And he does these analysis of one hit wonders. And a few of them were sort of in that same genre of music. And in one of them, I believe it was the Evan and Jaren episode. Um, he talks about this thing called minivan rock, which is sort of like the Y2K version of yacht rock. This is like department store chain pharmacy rock. (laughs) (laughs) But in a vacuum, I can see the line that's drawn between yacht rock, yachted, so minivans could minivan kind of deal. Okay. I found this list on Billboard, the 50 greatest minivan rock songs, and I sent it to Adrian. And I was like, um, I know that I pitched like three other things, but I don't want to do those things anymore. I want to do this. <laughs> I have not taken this stuff off the list. I guess we're just going to keep making episodes. Sorry. Yeah, unfortunately, you guys are stuck with us doing more ridiculous nonsense. Yeah. Um, so this is a list from Billboard.com. It also does come with a playlist, by the way. I didn't have to make the playlist, which I was a big fan of. Which um, we will be um, making a version of this on our Spotify, which is just search Talking Like a Teen on Spotify. I'll link it in the show's description. Uh, We have a lot of cool playlists based on past episodes and also including Tuesday Tunes, which is a really fun series which Ashley runs, which I'm almost tempted to do like a companion version called Help Me, I'm Old. Okay. (laughs) But I haven't quite thought of it yet. But no, Tuesday Tunes is great. And to mirror what you said, this playlist is kind of rad. Now I'm starting to feel old because for me, a lot of this just happened. Okay. So let me set the scene for the kids and then then you and I can chat. Sure. Okay. So Minivan Rock. Billboard is calling it the music that served as the glue for top 40 radio during this period being Y2K, essentially. Accessible catchy cleanly produced rock music built on sonic foundations of processed guitars and or driving piano this was the dependable generation spanning pop rock that filled in the gaps between some of the meteoric music moments and careers shooting off around it we call it minivan rock their definition of minivan rock because they included some stuff that i didn't necessarily agree with and left out some stuff that i thought would be better suited but that's fine. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. The only hard line, we being Billboard.com, drew was that the songs for this list had to be released as singles between the years of 1997, when the final strains of Gen X grunge had dissolved into something inherently top 40 friendlier, and 2004, after which alt-rock had a radio comeback and Grey's Anatomy-type piano balladry turned pop rock into something more... Dolorous and epic. Jesus Christ, somebody uses a thesaurus. 
Beyond that, <laughs> we looked for a great deal of overlap with the previously mentioned sonic signifiers, but sometimes determining that a song's eligibility was as simple as asking, does this song sound like it would soundtrack a turn-of-the-century minivan commercial? Boom. They also said that they did not count songs that they felt could be better described as other genres. So like pop punk, emo, teen pop, that kind of stuff. Um, they also did not include songs that in their minds did not quite rock hard enough. So shit like Sarah McLaughlin, Jack Johnson, and Nora Jones. Wait, time out. That's what I'm saying. Like there's, there's, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to be that guy real quick. I don't like whoever wrote this and made these distinctions because it's like you've already taken up stuff would have also fit very well on this list. Now, yeah. I understand you have to pare it down. You have to keep it to a tight set amount. But why come up with what sound like arbitrary parameters as to why you pick it? Just be like, we didn't choose it because we just didn't choose it. You don't have to reason this as if, trust me, it's Billboard. You're like The kids aren't reading Billboard. They're not coming after you. Like this, It's all right. <laughs> Because how do you make a list like this and keep out Sarah McLaughlin? The last caveat that they gave is that they mostly shied away from expansive songs that felt like they belonged more to the bigger pop universe. Things like Smooth, One Week, and You Get What You Give. Why would you not add those? What are you talking about? That makes no sense. What the Murph is going on? <laughs> Murph wouldn't have stood for this. Murph's not standing for this. Also, Murph doesn't have ears to listen to music, but that's okay. <laughs> you don't know what's going on under them darts. <laughs> <laughs> Murph is love. Murph is love. Murph is life. <laughs> oh, hail Murph. <laughs> oh, hail Murph. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to write a version of the Stonecutter song and have it be about Murph. We can do that. Hell yeah, let's go. Okay, so we're going to go through the list. We're probably not going to talk about everyone on this list, but I am prepared to talk about everyone except for literally one band on here. So at number 50 is the band Filter with the song Take a Picture. <sighs> this one hurts. I think this is a weird place to start. Not going to lie. I would have originally agreed, right? But... yeah. I don't know when it happened. Now, filter for anyone who doesn't know um, Richard Patrick, which is funny because we were talking about Terminator 2 uh, yeah. before, but is um, Robert Patrick's brother, former drummer, Niners Nails, huge in 90s industrial, Hey Man, Nice Shot is iconic, Jurassic Hall from like the Crow City of Angels soundtrack, which is the most 1997 thing I've ever said. Um, yes. <laughs> correction, 1996. But title of record was filter still being industrial but a lot more accessible and at a time i would have been like this does not belong on this list except for the fact that since being out here and like being in a lot of shopping malls and also uh, my former job that played like essentially adult contemporary this song became an adult contemporary staple and i hate it because <laughs> anybody who listened to this song who bought filters discography especially early on is upset is is very <laughs> upset and is due for a lot of disappointment but this song became like this is the song you like buy q-tips too i love this song it's a great song it's so good but i don't know if it belongs on this list it feels it feels weird and like in listening to the playlist that came with said list 
it feels a little bit out of place. I'm not mad that it's here because I get to to appreciate it and I get to talk about it with you, which is always fun, but it feels like a strange place to start. Yeah, and the fact that it's number 50, I feel like ultimately they probably should have just been like, you know what? Just leave it off the list. Like, why? Yeah. And especially given the songs that they said they omitted would have probably been better suited on this. Right. You could just throw another freaking Bare Naked Lady song on this list and be fine. Because ultimately, I think most people, when they hear the song, they hear the melody. Mm -hmm. And I think it's strictly off of the sound. Because I think this is one of those, I don't think, you know, Robert Patrick or no, Richard Patrick, rather, excuse me. One's a Terminator, one's a singer. Um, Yes. (laughs) I don't think he put maybe as much thought into it as you and I did. But I don't think this song was intended to be like this accessible pop hit, but it was everywhere. It was on ads for Dawson's Creek. It was in, like I said, CVS. It was it was everywhere you didn't want it to be. <laughs> and it's weird. And I get it. This was one of those songs I was like, look, I'm going to throw them a radio single because the label's probably like, yo, we need one. Uh-huh. But if you really listen to it, it does. it's not, no. Well, and it's it's one of those where, like, this is not an accurate representation of this band. No, not at all. So it's weird to use it as a single. But it was, and it was a very effective one. Yeah. It's probably their biggest mainstream hit because, you know, Hey Man, Nice Shot. Which I also love. While a great song is definitely going to be played on, like, alternative but rock yeah. stations. Not on VH1. Well, that's a dated reference. Jesus, I'm old. VH1 doesn't wow let's just move on Jesus (laughs) as a fellow old I a thousand percent understand what you're saying thank you Murph bless you (laughs) and you um speaking of VH1 this fine young lady was like the face of VH1 for a while I heard the song more as a weird preteen who watched a lot of VH1 than anywhere else in the entire world. And of course, I'm talking about Dido. Mm-hmm. If you watched the WB, <laughs> you heard the song. See, and I, I didn't. Like, aside from Buffy and some dabbling in Angel for a little bit, but that really wasn't my vibe, I didn't do any of the other WB shows. But White Flag is fine. Whatever. (laughs) It's not my favorite Dido song. No. And look, if you were old enough in the early 2000s and you didn't listen to Dido or told people you didn't, stop lying to yourself. Like, you're (laughs) older now. You can can be comfortable in yourself and say that you rocked some Dido. And don't be like, oh, I only knew of her from Eminem. Bullshit. You had the CD. And it's okay. No shame. We're all friends here. Right. And... (laughs) Well, and if if this makes you feel any better, like, sad white lady music is super chic and cool now. And this was basically, like, Y2K sad white lady music. But see, this is that thing, like, this was right in that era, because, like, this is the late 90s and 2000s. Like, it's right in that perfect pocket of that particular vibe, and I love it to death. Yeah. But at the same time, I think this one is a solid hit. I don't want to talk about number 48. (laughs) Okay, I do for a moment. All right. Talk your shit, Bergie, because I, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I just, I feel like 
when they said that they weren't putting smooth on this list, I took that. I'm like Michael Jordan. I took that personally. How dare you? You had smooth. You, the one with Michelle Branch, like Game of Love. Maria, Maria, any of those Santana collab albums would have been perfect. And they chose the least awesome one. Okay. So I'm mostly talking about this because I have a question. Sure. Um. So the next song is Santana featuring Chad Kroger, the why don't you and I get together, but about forever. There's a version of this song with the kid from The Calling. Wait, is that the same song? It's the same song. Wait, time out. Hold up. Now my head is spinning. There's two versions of this song because I'm looking at them right now. Are you fucking for real? So wait. Why are there two versions? And one, the one we've heard our, our entire lives. I didn't even when you when I when you sent me this list, I was like Chad Kroger. Like, what are you smoking, Berkey? Because I've never heard of this. What is his devilry? I don't like I, it. I remember the the version with Alex Band way more than this one. But why are the two versions? What happened to this? Like, this is a whole other podcast. Like, we might just have to derail this list to get to the bottom. <laughs> what is happening? We need to get into some like investigative journalism here. And I don't know because it's not like that. He's like a twenty year old kid when this song came out. It's not like he got canceled or something and they had to replace him. This is my thought. This is my my hypothesis. I think that at this point in time, in the cursed year of 2002, I think that Chad Kroger is a bigger name than Alex Band, the kid from The Calling. But The Calling happened a little bit later, right? Or am I misremembering? I think they're a little bit before, because I think that album came out in 2001. Was it already 2000? No way. Let me look. You are not dead ass. It might even be earlier. Stop this. <laughs> Because I could have swore the calling happened in like 2004, 2005 ish. Uh, no, that album, Camino Palmero, came out in 2001. No fucking way. Yeah, bro. I don't like this podcast anymore. Are, can we... <laughs> I'm getting replaced anyway, so you know what? At this point, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I could have swore. Now, Lifehouse and all that? Yeah, absolutely. I know that came out. No, that was that late 90s. But The Calling, yeah. I could have swore, was later on. Holy shit. The Calling was definitely 2001, because I remember this. Hi, dork. Uh, I remember having this CD and listening to it, like, freshman year, like, band camp when I was doing Color Guard. Nerd. Yeah, I'm a nerd. That is amazing, Sorry. though. Stop. <laughs> so, yeah, there are two versions of the song. Uh, spoiler alert. I like the one with Alex Band better, mostly because his voice is a little less annoying than Chad Kroger's. That's it. That's all. I don't mind Chad Kroger's voice. And I know I've talked a lot of cash shit about Nickelback. Yeah. But we may have to do the episode where I might have to turn around and say, you know what? I think we were unfair. Because it's like, I feel like Nickelback was one of those examples of things that we just repeated without really knowing. Because, I mean, they didn't start awful. No, the first two or three albums are actually, like, not actively terrible. Are they breaking down doors, doing new and cool artistic bullshit? Like, no, obviously not. But they're not bad. I just think once they got famous and kind of pigeonholed into this thing and then sort of memefied, they just sort of doubled down on it. Yeah, and, you know, it's that thing of, like, they got comfortable and phoned it in, but I will never 
ever slander them, at least in the context of that song from Spider-Man. Yeah, the song slaps. <laughs> so the next entry on this list is the only band that I do not know. This was the only song that I didn't know. Oh, I honestly just assumed we were going to skip it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to mention it here and I'm going to probably say I think maybe they're British. So I think that might be it. What is with all these lists that we do? There's always like some random British band that like no one's ever heard of. And no disrespect to our listeners in the UK. Y'all are great. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes your music doesn't get over here. Get over here. <laughs> um, the Josh Joplin group. The song's called Camera One. This also sounds... I know when I say this, it sounds dismissive. And maybe I mean it a little bit, but not as much as I probably come off it sounds kind of jesusy i want to do like a tlc style like reality series in a style like i didn't know i was pregnant of i didn't know they were a christian band uh-huh because there's mad bands i listened to and realizing like like matter of fact i was just listening to flyleaf the other day because it was on like my <laughs> summer 06 playlist and i'm like look y'all i couldn't take it like i had already gone in too far i can't unjesus it <laughs> For me, that was Flyleaf in general, where I'm like, this is all very fine. The next song on this list is also fine. Uh (laughs) But also, I'm actually genuinely mad. Only because this song should actually be further up on the list. I agree, actually. This should be the top 15, if not top 10, because this song went crazy. Yeah, this song was everywhere. This is uh, Five for Fighting, the Superman song, the It's Not Easy to Be Him song. My main issue with this dude is the fact that he calls himself Five for Fighting and you're like, haha, hockey reference. This means this shit is going to kick ass. And then it, it decidedly does not kick ass. Hockey players can feel things too. It's not easy <laughs> being him. He's not Superman. I mean, honestly, though, let's just say that this song did more for Superman than the entirety of the new 52. Oh, my God. Accurate. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy because that's the only lines I I know because (laughs) if I had to do this in karaoke, I would just mutter because I don't It's like you couldn't even do Eddie Vedder. This is like Eddie Vedder if he was having an asthma attack. He can't stand to fly, which was metaphorical until after 9-11, and then everyone took it to a different place, and I don't know. Which is weird, weird, because didn't that song, like, was that one of the ones that they, like, temporarily banned? Yeah. Come on, Gavin DeGraw, like, One Tree Hill? This is, <laughs> like, I was just talking about the WB. This song went brazy in the Old Navy. Come on. Oh, my God. The song did go crazy in the Old Navy. Why is it number 45? Um, I like Chariot better than this song. I think this song's kind of stupid. Hey, oh, hmm. Okay. I think the, the <laughs> no, that's lyrics, fine. The lyrics of this song are highly stupid. Who pays it to the lyrics? That chorus is just... I'm sorry. And I, I'll admit, no one's really sitting down analyzing this song that hard. But it's just that, that chorus makes up for... I don't even know what the verses are, honestly. It doesn't matter. The, the chorus is just that good. He's surrounded by liars. And he's a, a prison man's son or something. I don't fucking know. See, now you're just making me retroactively not like the song. This sounds terrible for this interpretation. <laughs> um, I will say, out of everyone on this list, aside from people that I actually know 
ha- like can confirm have NFTs that Gavin DeGraw feels the most like an NFT guy on this <laughs> list. <laughs> like if I Googled Gavin DeGraw <laughs> NFT right now, I feel as though I would get. Some Are we results. rating these songs based on whether or not the artist has NFTs? No, it's just I'm <laughs> looking at his dumb face and he's got big NFT in a beanie energy. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> anyway. Ay, ay, ay. The way you say that, like, somewhere, like, he's gonna start, like, making new music to make up for the fact that his apes were stolen. I mean, you don't know. I right-clicked his shade. Whatever. <laughs> that guy. Fucking blockchain-ass music, like... <laughs> fucking metaverse ass means like (laughs) oh my god i don't really have much to say about number 44 other than hansen deserved better and i'm moving on yeah i agree um 43 is sugar ray i don't you roasted me hard about the fact that i knew more about sugar ray than most people should and i never Uh forgot about that because (laughs) you're right (laughs) (laughs) i like the song a lot though yeah, I was going to say, they've got Falls Apart on here, which is like the least obnoxious Sugar Ray song. That album wasn't bad. It was distracted as hell, but it actually has some good hits. This, okay, the Sugar Ray thing might turn into one of those where you and I have to do an, an episode about it, and I hate it, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess stay tuned for when we inevitably talk about Sugar Ray, and I quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm already being replaced and you're gonna leave, so So it's just it's just Murph's <laughs> podcast. It's, it's just Murph and like I don't know, whoever is re- like it really yeah. does turn into a Power Ranger thing where the lineup just eventually like we aged out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's called talking like a teen, but they're not here. They didn't even change the logo, it's so weird. <laughs> oh god, imagine our logo with Murph. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, See, shit. Um, <laughs> it's just us. And like Murph's hugging us. They're just. I'm just mad uncomfortable. <laughs> they're just in the back, like, "Hey, bud, what's up? <laughs> what's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> um, this next song is whatever. Uh, it's Stacy Orko. The there's there's got to be more. Oh, contemporary Christian. So we called the wrong song. No, this song is is hella Jesusy. I never knew that. Okay. Yeah, I'm skipping ahead. I'm skipping that song because I don't really care about it. However, this next song. Why is Hey Leonardo on number forty one? I fucking love this song. Blessing you, you souls. This song is stupid. I fully acknowledge that. And you said the other song was stupid, and you you never redeemed it. But how could this get saved? <laughs> uh, because it's hilarious. <laughs> And also, my best friend in grade school was, like, obsessed with this song. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it, too. But I also had to pretend that I didn't like it. Oh, my God. Because it rules. Uh, They were another one where, like, there's definitely stuff on that album that is much better than Hey Leonardo. Yeah, absolutely. Hey Leonardo still slaps to this day. Come at me. To this day! Uh, next is Clay Aiken. I okay. don't. All right. I don't really. That's that's fine. 
Um, Number 39, I'm like, wait a minute. So y'all heard the episode where we talked about New Radicals. Yes. And I'm thinking New Radicals. It's the New Radical song. Nope. Also, this list is bullshit because it's assuming that the New Radicals made another song other than Get What You Give. So that earlier dissertation about, oh, we didn't include or whatever, that's bullshit. Because yeah. they this Did the New Radicals guy write this? Yeah, he did. Okay, that's all I need to know. Yeah, so instead of using the song that everyone knows, they used Someday We'll Know, which was the follow-up single. There was no follow-up single. This is all... This isn't real. This is a simulation. None of this happened. There was never another single. They never made another... It wasn't even an album. It was a just a single song. There was never anything else they recorded, because once you threaten Courtney Love and Beck and Hanson, it's like, well, you don't go anywhere after that. Like, you get buried. Uh, you've been Q-pilled about fucking New Radicals. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to, but they were... New Radicals were a psyop created by... No, we stopped. Because, <laughs> like, what was the point of New Radicals? Like, that single, after you hear that, that's the beginning, the middle, and the end of anything you need to know. I don't... Like, I listened to this song begrudgingly, being like, this is not New Radicals. So, that guy... Greg Alexander went on to, he's a huge songwriter. Um, you talked about Game of Love earlier. He co-wrote that song. Nope. Nope. That was all Michelle Branch of Santana. They don't need no co-writing help. <laughs> it's, Mich- it's Michelle. She should have been an episode back in like episode four Branch. Like That's true. <laughs> oh my God. So good. And come on, Santana. Like It's just, I've never heard this song played on any radio, department store, fitting room, bathroom. I vaguely remember it in, like, uh, like movie soundtracks. Wait, what movies? I don't know. Movies from the late 90s? I don't fucking know. <laughs> no, I'm generally curious. I'm not trying to be like, oh, name three movies they were in, Ashley. <laughs> really? You want to gatekeep me? No, I'm just, <laughs> no, I was saying I was, that wasn't how I was coming across. I don't got to gatekeep new radicals. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. I've never been so down bad. Like, <laughs> have some faith in me. Yes. It was in fucking, I knew I didn't make this up completely. Uh, You remember that Mandy Moore joint, A Walk to Remember? Oh, the one where, where she was dying? Where she gets cancer, and I went and saw it with my friends, and I laughed, and we got in trouble, because I was <laughs> being loud. Um, she, she sings a version of this song in that movie. What? I've seen that movie. How? They paid new like. There's no way that that was originally in the script. Yes. There's ain't no way, ain't no fucking way. I'm like future anyway, right now. It's right there. I'm looking at it on. Google. That's wild. <laughs> um, the next band on this list is Coldplay, and I fucking hate Coldplay. And it's Clocks. Obviously, it's the song everyone knows. I hate. I hate Coldplay. I hate Clocks. I don't want to. Hall and Notes anymore. covered white. Let me stop. All notes are better than this. Come on. Man eater, out of touch, rich girl. Like, all these, like, hit after hit. Family man. And they need to cover new radicals. Are you really? I'm, moved, I'm moving on. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm staying at number 39. No. And you can go without me. Good day, miss. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about Evan and Jared because they're the reason. Wait, 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 wait. wait time out, time out, time out. <laughs> we'll come back. And also, Coldplay. Puts on a really good live show. I will. I will say that. I just. I, I like. I like the one song from the Garden State soundtrack, and that's really it. And that's mostly because that song sounds like Radiohead. 
Coldplay is for a lot of people. I fully acknowledge that. It's just not for me. That's fair. And Evan and Jaren is number 37, which is wild to me. Is too low. Should be farther up. Because this is perfect. I can't fit into these jeans, but this music slaps. Music. Yes. <laughs> I'm sad in the dressing room. <laughs> but I don't care. I was care. crazy for this girl. And I was all of like 12. That's right. She rolls the window down. And she talks over the sound of the cars that pass us by. How loud uh, was she? <laughs> <laughs> right? Bitch is loud. <laughs> Like, that lyric, like, it, it rolls off the tongue, but, like, when you really think about it, I was like, what is happening? He likes this girl because she talks loud. Was she, like, screaming at him? Or was he just kind of like this thing where, like, I kind of, like, want to yell at me? Which I get that. I, you know, I, I've been there. Hey. <laughs> Not here to yuck anybody's yum. If you like getting yelled at. Todd in the Shadows did an episode about Evan and Jaren. It's really good and really interesting because... One, they, the band split, obviously, because, like, this was their only song. Jaren went on to be a one-hit wonder as far as country music. And then one of them, I don't remember, um, decided to dive into, like, talent management and was doing talent management for Kevin Spacey when Kevin Spacey got canceled. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so. Should I retract everything I just said? Because I'm getting the uh-oh feeling. Uh, the uh-oh feeling is valid, but song, song still slaps. <laughs> so. Who sang the most on it? Was it the non-Kevin Spacey guy? So that way I can at least be like, look, uh, I'm not supporting any of the, the past I, pursuits. I believe so. Oh my God. Cause I was just like, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Let's move on. Coldplay. <laughs> hell yeah. Jesus. Now, now that song's, I wish, see, sometimes there's knowledge and I'm just going to be honest here. And if I get dragged for this, by all means, I'm just kind of being honest in a slightly dickish way. But sometimes there's knowledge that like, once it's out there, you're like, there's no way I'll ever recover from this. Uh huh. Come on. Like, I just like, here's this guy who's had this doofy ass love song. And they kind of just faded away into obscurity. Huh, I guess they're, you know, just living civilian life and whatever. It's no. Sorry. <laughs> uh, speaking of awesome, cool dudes with cool politics, uh, Three Doors Down is next. This one legit bugged me. I mean, that first album especially it's had good. some genuine, like, good songs on it. Like, yeah. Loser, I thought was a really great song. Um, Duck and Run, I thought was really good. Mm -hmm. The one they did for American Pie 2, I thought was great. And it was a really good fit for that movie. But at the same time, that was so far removed from like the three doors down of later on. Yeah. So when like every band you could think of, even the ones who were actually just as shitty, but in different ways are like, no, three doors down. They went out of the way to be like, yes, absolutely, we would love to. And they played for all of five people at the inauguration. Good for them. Couldn't be me. <laughs> like, Pressing G in the chat did not pay respects. <laughs> do we have time to end on a high note? We could do number 35, because... Okay. That's what I'm saying. Let's let's end on a high note, and then we'll, we'll do a part two. And also, just out of the major singles from that first album, this was my least favorite. Honestly. And also, what was with all these weird songs about Superman in the early 2000s? There was the the WB show. Oh, Smallville. Yeah, with the guy with the big eyes. His name is Tom something. 
Tom. Oh my God, I'm not Holland. That's Spider Man. Nope. Not Tom York. That's Radiohead. Yep. Tom. Ugh, fuck. Tom, Tom DeLong. That's Blink One Eighty Two. Super bad. Hiddleston. Tom no. Welling. Welling. Tom Welling. Yeah. Oh, he did last year's DC fandom. Mm-hmm. I guess there was like a re- anniversary reunion, and it's like him and like um, dude that played Lex Luthor. I don't know. He's he's got like cool dad energy now, and it's like oh my gosh, he's all like grown up now. Looking at a recent picture of him, and yeah, he does have like cool dad energy. It's like that's the dad that like takes you to your first rock concert. Yeah. Shout out to Superman, by the way. Hell yeah. Michelle fucking Branch, y'all. Woo woo. And. <sighs> God, what a what a talent. What a great run. That album's great. Uh Hotel Paper, I think is better than the first album. Ooh, then the spirit. <gasps> Ooh, that's okay. We might have that is an episode I'm calling it right now. Spirit Room versus Hotel Paper. Let's go. Yeah. Cuz they're both great, but I'm like, "Ooh, is it better?" They're it's it's a different it's a different vibe. Um, well, you know me. I, I I love my I love some sadness. So Spirit Room was definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some depression when it comes to like music. Spirit Room is like not that Hotel Paper isn't like emotional. No, but I think it's at least presented in a brighter package. Yeah, that first fucking single off Hotel Paper, just like yeah, she is in her feelings and she plugged in her guitar and I love it. It's great. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know until today that she is married to uh one of the guys in the Black Keys. That rules. Good for her. What? Yeah. Not to do with the glasses. Yes, that's to do with the glasses. Ah. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned for part two, TLET podcast on all of our platforms, Twitter and Instagram. Oh. Don't get swallowed <laughs> by a murph. You promised we were gonna end on a high note. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I was walking with the ghost. I love Murph! I love Murph.